welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. But I want to continue our series tonight called Increasing Your Faith. And the reason I felt to share this at the beginning of the year is because of something that I heard at the Influencers Conference when Ashley Evans was speaking about this particular subject. And he talked about um, the fact that when we get low on faith, we need to go and get some more faith. Just like when you get low on food, how many ladies out there, maybe some men, but certainly I know a lot of the mums out there would do this, went out this week shopping because the cupboards were getting bare. Anyone went out and got some more? Yeah? So so you actually realised that you were low on food and you thought about it and came up with the conclusion that you needed to go get some more. You didn't crack a hissy fit. You didn't just run away and leave the house and say, I'm never eating again. You, you applied your brain to the situation and thought, I just need some more. That's all. This, is, this isn't a problem. I just need some more. We're running low. I just need some more. We don't blame people. We just, we just realise we, we've used up the food that we've bought the week before. Now we just need some more. Yeah. How many of you who drive cars had to fill their car up with petrol this week and paid a lot of money to do that? Because you use your brain and say, we're running low on petrol, so now we need to get some more petrol. You didn't crack a hissy fit and just kick the car and say, I'm never driving again. They said, I've got to get some more. If that is true for everyday common occurrences such as food and petrol, why is it when it comes to spiritual things, we kiss our brains goodbye? If we're running low on faith, then we don't have a hissy fit. We don't blame the pastor. We don't blame the elders. We we don't blame the person next to us. We don't just leave church. We don't just give up. We don't just give in. No, no, no. No, no, we just get some more of what we're lacking. And that's what this whole series is about. It's about us increasing our faith because every one of us leaks. Turn to the person next to you and say, you leak. Turn to the other person and say, you're leaking right now. We, We do, whatever you get full of, leaks, gets used up. And it's what we're full of that matters most. One of my favourite portions of Scripture is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We started the series with it. It says that He will do immeasurably more above and beyond all we ask, dream, hope or imagine according to the power that's at work within you. In other words, the question that begs to be asked is this, what power is at work in you? Because what power is at work in you will determine what you get in good measure, immeasurably more of. If there is love and peace and faith residing in you, you'll get love, faith and, uh, love, peace and faith in good measure. You'll get it beyond your wildest expectations. But likewise, it is true that if you're full of hurt and you're full of bitterness and you're full of unforgiveness, you'll get that immeasurably more above and beyond all you ever asked, dreamed or hoped or imagined 
according to the power that's at work in you. So what power is at work in you? As born again believers, there's a, there's a greater power on the inside of us. Smith Wigglesworth was a mighty man of God used in the early 1900s. And uh, it was said of him that he was a thousand times bigger on the inside than anything you saw on the outside. And that should be true for each and every one of us. We should be bigger on the inside with the things of God. That being true, we have hurts and disappointments and setbacks that come our way. And in those moments, when we feel like giving up and feel like giving in and feel like whinging and complaining, that's the time we've got to increase our faith. That's the time we've got to press in more. That's the time we've got to get a hold of something that we are lacking. And so this series is all about inspiring faith tonight. And so I want to share about that. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's known as the faith chapter. And I'm not going to go through it tonight, but I'm going to allude to it. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, talks about the description of faith, what faith is. But then from verse 2 right through, we look at what faith does. One verse says what it is. All the other verses says what faith does. In other words, faith is a verb. It's a doing word. It's an action word. Faith is tangible. Faith can be measured. Faith can be seen. And this is what the ancients were commended for, what they did in times of adversity, what they did in times of trouble. In James chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, what good is it, my brothers? I don't have the Scripture up on the screen, bear with me. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Verse 18, but some will say, you have faith and I have deeds. With that accent, when you, when you read that, you've got to say it just like that. Because it's a wind, and some will say. What you've got to know is when some are saying, you've got to forget what some are saying. You've got to know what the Word of God says because that's the only thing that matters. There's always going to be someone saying something. They don't like you. There's always someone saying that. Norm's too happy. I don't like that. Norm's a happy guy. Have you noticed that? Norm's a happy man. And he's always in shorts. I don't like that. To wear long pants. Grow up, Norm. Some might say. Don't worry about what some say. Press into the Word of God. Fill yourself with the Word of God. Martin Luther, a great reformer, was asked, do you always feel saved? He said, no, don't always feel saved. But feelings come and feelings go, but the Word of God remains forever and nothing else is worth believing. I don't care what some people say. Some people will say it's too, the music is too loud. Some would say it's too soft. What do you do with that? Some would say the services are too long. Some would say they're too short. I mean, there's always someone saying something. But what does the Word of God say? And so James chapter 2, verse 18 says, Some will say, you have faith and I have deeds. But James smashes that argument. He says, show me your faith without deeds. And I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that. And they shudder. James chapter 2, verse 26 says, The body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. It's not enough just to believe. 
The devil is not an agnostic nor an atheist. He believes in God and it frightens him. How cool is that? The devil believes in God. But believing in God doesn't save you. It's believing God. Do you believe his word? Do you believe what he said is true? If you believe what he said is true, then that'll be seen in the way we live our lives. Our faith must be seen. I believe with all my heart there is no salvation by works, but there is the works of salvation. You've got to get this. You can do nothing to get yourself saved other than give your lives to Christ. You cannot do good works to enter the kingdom of God, but there are the works of salvation. And that's a different thing altogether. And Hebrews chapter 11 highlights seven key areas that faith can be seen. And we're going to quickly go through them tonight. And then I pray for some people. I'm believing that this year is going to be our best year ever. We've themed it a year of promise. And that's not just a cliche. That's come out of prayer. That's come out of a time of fasting. I believe God is going to deliver on his promises for many of us. And some of us have been waiting for those promises to be delivered on for many, many years. And I believe we can put our faith that this year could be possibly be the year where God wants to do what he He's always said he's going to do. I just didn't know when. And we can believe that God's going to do it this year. Amen. And in the meantime, in the, in the waiting, we've got to make sure that our faith is increased. And so how can our faith be seen? According to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, faith is seen in our worship. It says Abel was commended. Because he gave a better offering than his brother Cain. And Cain got upset, Cain got jealous, and he ultimately killed his brother Abel. Yet nonetheless, Cain's offering, sorry, Abel's offering pleased God. He put faith. In other words, he didn't just give God what he wanted to give. He gave God what was required. You see, the Bible says there can be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And so for Cain, just to bring some of his fruits wasn't enough. There had to be the shedding of the blood. And Abel knew that. And so he offered his lamb, the best lamb. And it was the blood that pleased God. It wasn't just the giving, it was the blood. It was was the giving according to the prescribed pattern. And this pleased God. Abel's faith was seen in the way he worshipped God. When it comes to our time of setting aside some finance for this year, that the dreams and plans for our vision can come to pass. I I want your faith to be seen in the worship. And worship is part of our giving and generosity. And we see according to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4 that that Abel's faith was seen in the way that he worshipped God. Amen. Secondly, Faith was seen in our walk, the way we conduct our lives. Enoch lived in a wicked world, but he walked with God. See, it's not enough to complain about the world we live in. God's not interested in our whinge about the climate that we live in. Enoch lived in a wicked world, but he walked with God. In other words, he wasn't contaminated by the world, even though he lived in the world. We grew up with this old saying that we are in the world, but we're not to be of the world. God has put us in Adelaide, but we're not to live like everyone else does in Adelaide. In order for us to make a difference, we have to live differently. Isn't that fair to say? We're meant to be salt and we're meant to be light and and, uh, our faith is meant to be seen. 
If, if our life looks like everyone else, that there's no faith being evidenced. But when we can live a counterculture to the culture we live in, that's our faith being seen. It's our faith in action. And Enoch was a man who walked with God. He did, in other words, he walked like God and he walked contrary to the way other people walked. And that's how God wants us to walk today. And so you may have heard it said, sleep around, try before you buy, cheat on your taxes. That's the culture we live in. Hate your politicians. On that note, I just want to welcome our Member of Parliament from Macon, Tony Zapier. You are awesome. We love you and we're praying for you. Welcome. Hey, in this culture, you can run your politicians down, you can run your leaders down, but the Bible says, no, you should pray for your leaders, pray for your politicians, pray for those that are in leadership over you. That's the culture of the kingdom. And we meant to walk in that, not the culture in which we live that slags on everyone who's in authority. We need to pray for our members of parliament. We need to pray for those in authority. It's part of our faith being seen. It's part of our faith in operation. We're not meant to walk like everyone else walks. We're meant to be light. What does light do? Light simply lights up dark places to stop us tripping over. The Bible says we're meant to be salt. What does salt do? It flavors everything. Salt's awesome. Salt just, you know, salt can turn a bad cook into a good cook. Have you noticed that? If you're struggling cooking, more salt. <laughs> Come on. The answer to this world is more salt. You, you Asians, I don't know, soy sauce. Must be the Asian Bible. But seriously, more salt. Salt, salt brings flavour to things. And God wants us to bring flavour to people's world wants to give us an opportunity to show people there's a different way to live, a better way to live. Been married 21 years. Uh, when was that? That was on the 8th of February, just recently. And uh, I know there's others in this room who have been married longer than that, and we celebrate longevity in marriage. But we live in a culture that says, you don't want to get married, does it work? No, we, we, need to be, we need to say, no, it can work. If you, if you just live according to the precepts of the Bible, it says, husband, love your wives. If you want a good marriage, husbands, listen to me, husbands, love your wives. Maybe if you're struggling in your marriage, maybe it's because you're not loving your wife. It says, wives, respect your husbands. It's an incredible help is the word of God. But we live in a world that says, no, nah, marriage doesn't work. And we have an opportunity to say, yes, it does. Watch this. Watch this space. going to just sprinkle a little bit of salt on everybody. We're going to show you that marriages work. And every year that goes past, it's like 21 years. Shaking the soul at 22 years, 23 years, 24 years, 25 years. Don't tell me it can't work. 26 years. Just going just gonna to put a little bit of salt on the place and say, no, marriage works. It's what we do. And as everyone else's marriage is busting up and people don't have faith in marriage anymore, we're just walking according to God's ways and it works, it works, it works. That's what Enoch did. He just kept walking and walking with God and walking with God. And one day he just kept walking, he just went straight into heaven. That's pretty cool. It says Enoch walked with God and he was no more. He's just walking. Imagine that. Hey, where did Enoch go? 
He's just walking and walking and walking and then God just took him. God, this is a guy I want to hang around. This is a guy I want to be with. Come on, let's be the difference. Our faith is seen in our stance we make, not as religious bigots, but just living the life. We, we, we don't want to be a church that goes, oh, marriage works, marriage works, and have a miserable marriage. No, 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 no. Just, just be the difference. Just have a good marriage and let people just marvel and, and have a good family and, and, and just walk with God as Enoch walked with God. Thirdly, our faith is seen in our work. Noah was a man who was warned about a flood. He was told there was a whole heap of rain coming and, and he obeyed God and he went to work building an ark that he'd never built before, waiting for rain that he'd never seen before. That's faith. That's faith. He obeyed God and went to work building something he'd never seen before. While he waited for something he'd never seen before. And he never got any converts along the way. He got a lot of jeering. He got a lot of ridicule. He was mocked, but he worked. Young people who have just left school and thank God for the dole and, and, and the, the system that can look after us when we're looking for it, that's great. But the dole is not for you to live on. You need to work. This is, my, this is a word from the Lord. Get a job. And when you get a job, work well. Don't, don't think that your boss owes you a living. And don't think you deserve a raise after being there for a whole week. Be prepared to do anything that your faith may be seen. It's the key to a promotion. If you will just whistle while you work, if you will just enjoy your job and do what you've been asked to do, when the boss is looking for somebody to promote, he's going to go for you. But he's not going to go for the whinger and the complainer who wants a pay rise and who you know, wants you know, an hour off here and an hour off there and the guy who's stealing the, the envelopes and all the pencils and the pens. No, 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 no. Just work. Hold down your jobs. Noah worked for over 100 years on this thing called an ark, waiting for this thing called rain to come. What are you building, Noah? I don't know. What are you building it for, Noah? I don't know. It's faith. That's faith. Where's all your converts? No idea. Are you going mad, Noah? I think so. But he kept working. His faith was seen in the final nail that he put in the ark. That's faith. And in time, you've got to get this, in time he was proved right. Christians, we've got to grow up. Sometimes you've just got to wait things out. Sometimes you've just got to wait a period of time. And it's over a period of time that you'll be proved right. Anyone can say anything now. Any one of us can say, I can run a marathon. You can all say that now, but time will prove whether you can or not. I mean, you start, you start. And then we'll see who is telling the truth. Who can really run the marathon and who can't. 
And so Noah just worked, and he worked, and he worked. Number four, our faith is seen in our waiting. Have you noticed? We'll start with W. It's pretty cool, huh? True faith is seen in our waiting. Abraham was given a promise, like many of us in this room, been given a promise. He was told that he was going to bear from his own loins a son, from his own wife, Sarah. And he would be the one who would be part of his inheritance. And he would become a father of nations through this promised son. And Abraham got really excited about that. And then he had to wait. And he had to wait. And he had to wait. I think this is the thing that tests our faith more than anything else. It's the waiting. It's the waiting. Some of you have been waiting for months. Some of you have been waiting for years. Some for decades. And that's why we're here tonight to say, you know what? I don't know how long you've been waiting, but we need to increase our faith so we wait some more. Because this is, this is the Christian walk. One day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. There's no, nothing grand, nothing amazing, nothing significant, but just faithfulness. And God sees every day and every moment of faithfulness. And the next day when you feel like giving up, I've had enough. You have your wind, you have your rad, you get it off your chest, just like David did in the Psalms. And how long must I wait, oh God? And then he comes to his senses and he says, but I will wait. And I'm more faithful. And he's faithful. And he's faithful. And he's faithful. This is a Christian walk. And then all of a sudden after all this faithfulness, you're fruitful. It's like, wow, God's good. But that's not the end of it. The next day you wake up and you're faithful again. 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 And you're faithful. And And the next day you get up, you brush your teeth, you go to the toilet, you go to work, nothing happened, but you're faithful. Where's God? He's watching your faithfulness. That's where God is. He's watching what you'll do in the mundane. What you'll do when nothing exciting is happening. Will they get up tomorrow and still be faithful? And we get up and we're faithful again. And we get up and we're faithful. We get up and we're faithful. We get up and we're faithful. We get up and we're fruitful again. Wow. And you do that for a lifetime. And you collect all the fruit. You write a book and people say, wow, that's amazing. Here's the problem with all the books that inspire you. They don't tell you about all the years of nothingness. Because that doesn't make for a good sale. Imagine writing a book. Got up, went to the toilet, (laughs) brushed my teeth, had bacon and eggs, went to work, came home, had roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, put the kids to bed, went to sleep. That's it. That's it. Do you know how many days Paul the Apostle had like that? Heaps. Your greatest hero in the faith. Do you know how many days like that they had? Heaps. Paul was put in prison. In Acts chapter 24, 
Two years of his life are written off in one sentence. He was put in prison, there was a changing of the guard, Felix to Herod, Herod to Felix, something like that. And he said, two years passed. <laughs> two years of Paul's life, one sentence, are you kidding me? What did he do that? I don't know, but I know he did this. He was faithful, he was faithful, he was faithful, he was faithful, he was faithful. And then two years later, he gets an opportunity to speak to the governor. And the reason he had that opportunity to speak to the governor is because he was faithful for two years in that one sentence. This is it. This is what Abraham was commended for. He had faith in the waiting. Anyone can give up. Anyone can give in. Anyone can just run away. Anyone, that, anyone can do that. But to wait, to stick it out, to endure, that takes faith. And that's why I want to pray for some people like to have faith, to stick, to stay. I mean, one of the hardest things in the world to do is to get a puppy. Sharon Roberts on the second row here, she'll know this. You get a brand new puppy, it's exciting. You know, when our, our new home is finished and it's all fenced off, we've got to get a puppy. It was part of the deal. Taking our time, putting the fencing up, let me tell you. Just like, <laughs> I think Sharon wants me to have a dog more than we want a dog, but anyway, thank you. And anyway, this is what I know about puppies. They're excited about everything. They'll do pretty much anything. They'll run, they'll get the ball, they'll chase the stick, they'll do anything but this, stay. <laughs> stay doesn't come naturally. Fetch a stick, run, play, do what you want, be what you want to be, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> but get them to stay, that's hard. Yeah. Got this puppy. <laughs> stay. Stay. In his mind, he's thinking, when's he going to throw the ball? God's like that with us. God, I'll be a missionary. I'll go to the other parts of the world. No, no, no. How about you just stay in your marriage? Stay. Stay. God, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Yeah, if you want to do anything, how about this? Stay. Is it, what, is, what part of stay isn't included in anything? Stay. Stay. I'll do anything for you. How about you stay in the church? Stay. I know there's some people rubbing up the wrong way right now, but stay. Stay. Don't run. Stay. Do anything for you, Lord. Stay. So where our faith is seen. Anyone can run. Anyone can give up. Anyone can give in. But staying. And they're waiting, waiting for the breakthrough. I love the fact that this church has been going 19 years on the 27th of this month. Have I ever felt like running away? Yep. Have I ever felt like giving up? Yep. Have I ever felt like that on more than one occasion? Absolutely. But it's in the staying that we've seen God do some incredible things. And I stand here saying, I'm glad I stayed. I'm glad I didn't run. I'm glad I didn't give up. I'm glad I didn't give in. How, how, did, you, how did you stay? How do you do it, Tony? Well, when you come to the end of yourself, you just get more of God. That's how you do it. When all your faith is depleted and you want to give up, you just get some more faith. How do you hang around for 19 years with mush? 
stand up, Mush. This is Mush. Everyone look at Mush. She's behind the, uh, the desk there. This is Mush. She was with us on day one of our church. How does that, 19 years, has she agreed with everything I've ever said? Have I ever agreed with everything she's ever said? Have we always seen eye to eye? No. But we're committed to God and we're committed one to another. Pete and Baz and Dad and there's been others who have been with us from day one. They're still here. Fiona and Scotty just stayed and hung around. And if you ask any one of them, did we see all this? Say, nah. Ask, are you glad you hung around? Yep. How did you do it? Faith. Because faith is the super to your natural. I can't do it anymore. That's good. That's the best place for you to be tonight. If you feel you can't do it, you, you are in the right place. Because there's a supernatural God that wants to have his super to your natural. So you're in the right place. Church is the exact right place for you to be when you feel like you can't go on. It's not the place to run away from. It's not the place to ignore. It's not the place to give up on. It's the place to run to. Faith is seen in our warring. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh as his son, and yet he refused to settle for the easy life, and he chose to be mistreated. He chose to go against the comfortable life. And he chose to fight where necessary for his people. He chose a life of discomfort to help his people who were struggling. That that's, that's was the evidence of his faith, that he just didn't settle for the comfortable life. I mentioned before about our opportunity to, to go without a few things this year in order that we might build something bigger than ourselves. Yes, you can get the extra tattoo. Yes, you can get the new iPhone. Yes, you can get the latest upgrade. Yes, you can buy the new car. Yes, you can buy the new house. Yes, you can buy all those things. But can I say this? Don't do those things if it's at the expense of not going beyond yourself and giving to this house and giving to the building fund at this time. Give to God first. Give to the vision. Give to something beyond yourself. And all those other things will find their place. It's a sign of our faith that we might make a difference in the world in which we live. Six, in our winning, our faith is seen in our winning. Joshua succeeded. Faith brings us out, takes us through, and brings us in. I thank God for Moses. He was the one that brought them out of um, Egypt. But it was Joshua who brought them in. It was Joshua who brought the uh, victory to the Israelites. Faith is seen in our winning, hang around long enough to win. There was a time where they were ready to go into the promised land, but there was a whole heap of whingers and Joshua and Caleb were there saying, no, 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 don't listen to them. We can do this. We can take the city. We can take these giants. Everyone says, no, we can't. And as a result, they walked around the wilderness for 40 years while all the whingers and complainers and grumblers passed away. But Joshua and Caleb were encouraging themselves, saying, there's one day we're going to win going to hang around. All the guys that hang around long enough always win. Yeah. It's got to hang around long enough. And they waited 40 years. They got to Jericho and they walked around the building for seven days. The walls came down. They had an incredible victory. And they went on victory after victory after victory. Our faith is seen in our way we win. And sometimes our, our victories are big and impressive. Sometimes they're seen in healings and wonders and miracles and signs. Praise God for that. But other times it's seen in the way we win in adversity. 
You know, what I love about Paul's life is that we see him have incredible victories where he prays for people and incredible things happen. But we also see him being shipwrecked, beaten, imprisoned. But whether he was being beaten, imprisoned, or praying for someone and they were healed, he was always winning because his attitude was that of a winner. That's what faith does. It makes you a winner. It helps you to win no matter what is going on. I have an attitude that I'm going to win. I'm going to win today. Today I woke up, I'm going to win. No matter what's happening, no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to win. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and guess what? I'm going to win. We're going to win because no matter what happens to me, faith is that we're going to turn this into a win. Some of my best wins have come out of my worst moments. And it's an opportunity for faith to be seen. And the last thing is simply our witnessing. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This portion of Scripture is often used in the context of a whole heap of spectators watching us. That's not what it's referring to. You may have heard this scripture referred to that all the people, are, all the saints of old are leaning over the balustrade of heaven, which is not in the Bible, this balustrade in heaven. I don't know where it comes from, but apparently, according to most people, there's a balustrade in heaven. It's not in the Bible. It's just a figure of speech. And apparently there's all these witnesses just watching us. That, that's not what this is referring to. What it's saying is their lives are bearing witness to us. Their lives are a witness to us. It's their lives that should give us faith and give us strength and give us hope and give us peace. It's their lives that we should draw strength from. Because Moses did it, I can do it. Because Abraham did it, I can do it. It's their lives that are the witness. And that bears witness with our hearts and souls. And we say, because Noah did it, I can do it. Because Rahab did it, I can do it. Because David and Samson and Barak and all these other guys, they did it, I can do it. That's what it's saying here. Because they overcame, we can overcome. Because they won, we can win. I believe how we live our lives and how we demonstrate our faith is going to be the defining factor to whether we as a local church are taken seriously. If we just carry on like everyone else and whinge and complain and gossip and talk badly about our politicians. Did I mention Tony Zafir is here? Tony Zafir, we love having you here. You're awesome. Look at him, he's getting all embarrassed. I love it. It's awesome. Let's put our hands together one more time. And if there's any other members of parliament here, you're welcome too. I'm just not aware that you're here. So it's just awesome. I love it. But the Bible says that we are to be witnesses. It didn't say do witnessing. We think, oh, you know, to be a witness, uh, we've we got to go witnessing. And we've got to get a little box and stand on Rundle Mall and shout as loud as we can. That's witnessing. That's, that's not what it's referring to. It didn't say do witnessing. It says, be a witness. In other words, no matter what we are doing, we're always being a witness. The question is, what are we being a witness of? If you reject this message, you're being a witness. If you embrace this, you're being a witness. Whatever you do with your life, you are witnessing, being a witness to something. The Bible says we are to be witnesses. It starts with our being, not our doing. The last thing Adelaide needs 
is more religious hypocrites that do a few good works but live like everyone else. What this world needs is a reality in our being. Someone once wrote that the best argument for Christianity is Christians. Their joy, their certainty, their completeness. But the strongest argument against Christians, sorry, Christianity, is also Christians. When they are somber and joyless, when they are self-righteous and smug, in complacent consideration, when they are narrow and repressive, then Christianity dies a thousand deaths. How you live your life this week will bear witness to what Jesus is like or to bear witness to what Jesus is not like. The banner Christianity will not help you. Telling your stories will not help. Telling people you read the that those things will not help. It's how you live your lives that's going to give this world hope or not. The greatest evidence for Christianity is Christians. Their joy, their peace, their forgiveness, their love, their stickability. It's the greatest evidence of Christianity. The greatest evidence against Christianity is when Christians are unforgiving, unloving, lack grace. And we go around saying, I'm a Christian. Christianity dies a thousand deaths. And so it takes faith to be a witness. It takes faith to love those that hate you, mock you, say bad things about you. That's where you need faith, because that's not normal. How many of you have ever had someone say something bad about you? And how many of you, when hearing that or finding that out for the first time, your first thought was, oh, God bless them. That's awesome. No, no, no. The, the, the first thought, the natural thought, is we want vengeance, we want death. We want to kill, steal, and destroy. We become like the devil. That's the first thought. It's that first thought that proves we are sinners by nature. See, intrinsically, we're not good. Intrinsically, we're bad. Thank God who, who makes us good. Intrinsically, within every one of us, we've got this nature that wants to do the wrong thing. Okay, imagine this scenario. Tony, the, the, the former sign writer and painter extraordinaire that I used to be in my former life. I get a park bench, needs a lick of paint. I rub it down, I paint it. It's a beautiful job. Can you see it? Can you imagine that? Me doing a great job. Can you picture that? It's a work of art. In actual fact, I didn't even do it one colour. I thought I'm going to leave my fingerprints. So I did each, each strip a different colour and made like a rainbow bench. That's what I did. Imagine that. And because I didn't want my masterpiece ruined, I need, and, I, and I wanted the paint to you know, set before it gets sat on, I put a sign, wet paint. Because that'll keep them off. I'll leave it there. Ah, oh, great. 
And human nature being good will respect the sign because we're good by nature. So I can walk away comfortably knowing my sign and my chair is safe. Very first person, imagine that person being you now. You walk up to this wonderfully painted bench. What's your first thought? Gee, that must have taken a lot of work to do. I would hate to ruin it. So I'm just going to obey the sign and move on. Is that your first thought? No, no, no. We're sinners by nature. We find it easier to do the wrong thing than the right thing. We know what the sign says. We can read. But there's something else going on. I wonder if it's wet. And if it is wet, how wet? That's why Jesus came. Because if we live in a world that wants to know how wet it is. We live in a world that has paint on every finger. Truth be known, we live in a world that has paint all over ourselves. We live in a world where guys, I wonder if it's wet. Oh, it's wet. I wonder if it's wet there. It's wet. Oh, I wonder if it's wet there. 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 That's why we need faith. God has asked us to live a supernatural life and we can't do it naturally. We have to tap into His super. Christianity is a transformation. That's what happens when we become Christians. You've seen Superman and Clark Kent, nerdy Clark Kent goes into the phone book, a phone box and comes out transformed. That's a picture of us. When we come to church, this is like the phone box. We're getting changed. We're gonna go out here with jocks on the outside of our jeans tonight. Because we know we can't love our enemies. We can't. But we get transformed to be able to do what we can't do naturally. And you can only do it with jocks on the outside of your jeans. It's called faith. That's why we're here tonight, to increase our faith, because we all run low. The Bible says even youths grow weary and tired. So we need more faith. We don't need more gossip. We don't need more business. We don't need more casualties. We don't need more lies and rumours. We need more faith. And when we get that faith, it'll be seen. You'll see it in your warring. You'll see it in your winning. You'll see it in your witnessing. You'll see it in your walking. And every other W that there is, you'll see it. And I would count it a privilege and an honour to pray for people tonight along with a loving leadership team because it's not bad that we need help. Essentially, that's where Christianity starts. It starts with us humbling ourselves and we need help. We need help. There's too many things I do that I don't really want to do, but I don't have the power nor the strength to overcome those temptations. 
Paul says it this way in Romans 7. He says, why is it that I do what I do that I don't want to do? And what I want to do, I don't do. Oh, wretched man that I am. But it doesn't stop there. It's not a full stop. It's a comment. It says, but thanks be to God who gave us the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ. And it's this gift of Jesus that enables us to live a supernatural life as we place our faith in Him. Faith is simply believing God. We believe His Word over and above everyone else's Word. And when some say you have faith and some say you have deeds, we say, what does, what does the Bible say? This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.